plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Locked on Giants. I'm your host, Art Stapleton of The Record. It is Monday, a rainy Monday in the North Jersey, New York area, but it's OTAs. Yay, everybody can throw their pom-poms around for what essentially becomes more on-field practice with no contact, no live drills, uh, and no hitting in the sport of football. Again, if you have listened to Lockdown Giants before, you know I am Art Stapleton of The Record. You can read all my coverage of the New York Giants on NorthJersey.com and in the print editions of the record. As I said, off-season training activities, OTAs, for those of you who are not unfamiliar with the acronym, it's that next phase of the off-season program for NFL teams that began today for the Giants. They have 10 OTA practices Now, what that includes, it allows the coaches to actually be on the field with the players, to actually have offensive drills, defensive drills, but also offense versus defense in 7-on-7 drills, 9-on-7 drills, which is typically a run drill. Uh, It's usually 7 offense, 9 defense, and uh, players, that is. And then 11-on-11 team drills, no pads, just helmets and what they would consider shells, which are light shells now underneath the sho- where the shoulder pads would be. But it is that next hurdle, that next step, that next rung of the offseason ladder for the NFL. Uh, and that began today with the Giants. Initially, there was going to be media access at the first OTA, uh, but the Giants switched that up. Uh, our first media access will be Thursday. And the way that works, it'll have they'll have ten OTAs, uh, no more than three in a week. I believe you can get uh, a waiver to have four in one week, uh, but you won't have more than three in a week. So one of those in each of the next three weeks will be open to the media. This Thursday, and then the following two Fridays will be June second and June 9th. And then the mandatory veteran minicamp, which includes everyone on the roster, is June 13th to the 15th at the Quest Diagnostics training facility in East Rutherford, New Jersey, in the shadow of MetLife Stadium. So what does this all mean? Well, today, you know, I know a lot of you on social media getting all excited, seeing giant photos put out by the giant social media staff. Photos of Brandon Marshall really hyping up his quote-unquote first day on the field as a giant, which isn't necessarily true since he's been on the field uh, with his position coaches. Uh, only offensive walkthroughs from the last uh, last couple weeks in the previous phase of the offseason program. Uh, I know we saw JPP in photos, and what this becomes now, it's a lot of detective work because the fan base and a lot of the media... There is a curiosity as to which players are participating and which players aren't. It's voluntary. 
it's part of the CBA that players offseason are not regulated, that the only time a team can penalize or punish a player for not being in the facility and participating with the team's activities is the three-day mini camp in June, which for the Giants is June 13th through the 15th. So if any player decides that they do not want to be at any of these OTAs, they are within their right to not be there. Now, what does that mean? Well, look, I take it from my perspective. If I'm working for someone and I want a working relationship, I'm not just going to not show up. I'm going to talk to the coaches. I'm going to talk to my position coach. I'm going to talk to the general manager. I'm going to walk up the ladder as high as I feel I need to go, depending on what I've been told, based on my participation or my presence at that meeting. Now, if you think the Giants need Eli Manning at each one of these OTAs to determine where he's going to be, not just in June, but where he's going to be in August, well, then you're kidding yourself. So, A lot of talk has been about Odell Beckham Jr. There have been no photos of Odell at the Giants facility within the last couple weeks. The Giants haven't been putting out any photos of Odell. So was Odell in attendance? Well, if you're judging just by based on videos and photos that were put out by the Giants, Odell was not in attendance. But there are a lot of players... Key names that I did not see, I did not see any photos of Olivier Vernon. I did not see any photos of Damon Snacks Harrison. It does not mean they were not there. It means that there were were photos that were not taken from them. Were they there? Weren't they there? Look, it's an investigation that is not, it's, it's fruitless at this point. Now, does it become something further? If a player wants to make a statement about not being at OTAs, sure. It's possible that it becomes newsworthy. But on one day of OTAs, you're not going to run and start screaming about players not being in attendance. Now, I understand Odell Beckham Jr. garners a lot of attention, and rightfully so for his play. I know he brings a lot of it on himself uh, by things that have happened off the field. I'm not going to go down that road on this program today. But my advice to anyone who wants to take it is that this stuff is voluntary. The Giants don't need to see what Jason Pierre-Paul brings to the table today. They're not judging Justin Pugh today. Is it good if those players are there? Sure. If you want to be involved, if you want to be at the team facility and train, and you don't, that's your best option in your mind to be there, you're there. It does not mean that other players are not training elsewhere. It does not mean that other players do not train with other trainers. It, I know it gives off a, a vibe, something different that we're just not really, you know, you, you don't understand. Uh, but the bottom line is when OTAs start up, it really is a glorified portion of the offseason. It's great for the media. I know the question then comes, Art, well, then why do you guys in the media make such a big deal out of it? Because it's all about access. We're dying to write things about this team. We know the audience is dying to read things about this team, to hear Locked On Giants, to hear new information, that we're not just going on and on and on about one day of rookie minicamp. So now when it comes to the OTAs and we're going to be allowed back in the building to actually watch guys run around in shorts and helmets, 
we're going to try to report on things. But what I've learned in my be- in my time on the beat since taking over at the end of the 2011 season is there's a lot of nuance involved here. There there are there's spring season, there's training camp, and then the regular season begins and that's when you're going to start getting the true picture of where this team is. So with OTAs beginning, it's going to be fun. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. I put up my three things that I'm watching for the Giants uh, for OTAs up on NorthJersey.com. Make sure you check that out. To me, the biggest thing about OTAs is first impressions, and not just for the rookies. It's first impressions for guys like Mikel Thompson, who's coming back from two injury-plagued years. There's been talk that does he move around in the secondary a little bit? Does he give that versatility? I know he played some corner in college, moved over to safety. Does he get that kind of reverse Bennett Jackson treatment where now there, you know, there's openings for depth at corner? You know, can Mikel Thompson kind of be that guy who plays the nickel behind DRC? Dante Dion, a guy who the Giants obviously liked. They kept him in the building on IR off of practice squad last year. He's here. He's energetic. He made a lot of plays as a rookie to open eyes, to be in the mix, to be in the building. Can he make that next step up to get into that situation where maybe he's challenging for a roster spot behind the top three corners that you have on this team, Janoris Jenkins, Eli Apple, and Dominique Rogers-Cromartie? The first impressions of guys like Adam Biznawati and Chad Wheeler and Jessamine Dunker. Those guys as rookies come in now. And now you're meshing with the Richburgs and the Pews and the Flowers and the Hearts and the Flukers. Guys who are in the building and the John Jerrys. These guys, you know, this is where the chemistry continues. This is what you're going to get on the field. So... First impressions to me are everything about the spring. Maybe we get a hint as to where a guy might start playing. You know, the the move, Justin Pugh's move a couple years ago to left guard was something that we saw in spring, uh, and it kind of carried through. So maybe you end up seeing something like that. I don't anticipate it, but I do think, you know, the Giants have been very vocal about how they're going to work with different combinations up front. So maybe we do see guys switching around a little bit. I don't expect Justin Pugh to get the move from left guard to right tackle. I think you have found potentially a top five guard, left guard in this league. Uh, If Justin Pugh can stay healthy, I I would not move him to right tackle. I I just wouldn't. I'd keep him there. But again, if the Giants decide, look, Kyle Long in Chicago is moving, uh, rumored to move again, I think he was tackled to guard to right guard. Now he's moving to left guard at some point this year. So that's something to keep an eye on with Pew. Again, I don't think it happens, but if the Giants are trying to find the right combination this year, uh, I would imagine that's an option likely very, very far down the list, but you never know if something like that would happen if things don't work out with the plans that they have up top. So... That's kind of where I'm looking at it. You also have to consider injuries in the spring. How far do they push certain guys like Darian Thompson coming back from the foot that kept him out? Uh, Geno Smith's knee is something to watch. Uh, Judging by videos that the Giants put out on Snapchat, both were participating somewhat today. Uh, I don't know how much. We weren't in the building. We'll get a better sense if both of those guys are in attendance on Thursday 
uh, for the first media availability as far as OTAs go. So that's where we're at. Uh, in terms of where the where the Giants are, a uh, couple veterans. One, uh, I'm trying uh, Devin Taylor, the defensive end uh, from the Lions, visited at a free age as a free agent today, supposedly. I uh, haven't been able to get that confirmed from, from anyone, uh, but Adam Schefter reported that. Uh, so Taylor was supposed to visit today. I know he is visiting the Giants. I just don't know if it's today. That's what Schefter said. It would be more a veteran proven depth behind the top two. We'll see where that goes. Gerald Hodges, a linebacker, played with the 49ers last year. Was visiting Buffalo today, so by the time you listen to this podcast, he may have already signed with the Bills. If he doesn't sign with the Bills, he's supposed to come and visit with the Giants tomorrow. So those are two names just to keep an eye on, and I think you'll have that throughout the offseason. Guys here and there coming in and visiting and having an opportunity. Former Giant Victor Cruz is supposed to go meet with the Jaguars tomorrow. Obviously, it's a big uh, chance for him if Tom Coughlin wants to bring him in and talk about it. He visited with Chicago last week. Uh, visit, by all accounts, visit went well, uh, but nothing signed as of yet. Uh, and the last thing would be, I had a story today on NorthJersey.com about Rashad Jennings. Those of you who don't follow Dancing with the Stars, I happen to follow it. I like the show. I watch it with my wife every week. Uh, in the 24 seasons, there there have been 17 participants with NFL ties. Rashad is the 17th. He is in the finals tonight. It's Rashad Jennings, uh, David Ross, and Normani Corday from Fifth Harmony. David Ross is the catcher for the Cubs. Uh, and Red Sox won the World Series for both. Uh, you know... There have been three NFL champions of Dancing with the Stars, Emmett Smith, Donald Driver, and Heinz Ward. Uh, Jennings got involved and didn't necessarily expect to win, uh, but now that he's in the mix, I think he'll probably finish second. I think he and Ross have kind of taken away that sports vote, the two of them, uh, but the Giants have really pushed, Giants players today have been pushing uh, on social media for Rashad and to vote for Rashad and Emma Slater, his partner. So if you're listening to this, it's a two-part finale, Monday night and then Tuesday night. Uh, Check out my social media account if you want to vote for Rashad Jennings. Uh, He's a good guy, good dude, and uh, wants to get back in the NFL and play. I've enjoyed watching him dance. Uh, It's definitely a different perspective when you're watching someone. And at seven whole... Pro Football Hall of Famers have competed on Dancing with the Stars. So those of you who are rolling your eyes right now talking about, ah, it's Dancing with the Stars, reality TV, who cares? It's only Rashad, you know, he wasn't that good last year, and yada, yada, yada. Well, if Emmett Smith and Jerry Rice and Lawrence Taylor, of all people, can compete on the show, it's worth pointing out that Rashad is on the show tonight, tonight and tomorrow on ABC. So if you enjoy that, Thanks for listening to Lockdown Giants, and I appreciate all the follows, all the feedback, and we'll be back tomorrow talking a little bit more about OTAs and DWTS and everything else. But I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk soon. 
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.